Um, hello, welcome to Debatable, out. a fake television show that we are it trying is. to actively ruin, despite the fact <laughs> that we have really good topics to talk about. Like all of the NBA stuff, Ben, oh God, Ben Simmons, that's not a good topic, but we're going to talk about him. Carl Anthony Towns Great being topic. like the worst politician in the NBA, that's a good topic. Tanking, always a hobby horse that I like to beat with a giant stick into the center <laughs> of the earth. But Dominique, I want to start with the Patriots thing. Okay. Because there is meat on these bones. And and Bill Belichick, right? Like what we saw in Monday Night Football, where he goes with Mac Jones and he goes to Bailey Zappi and everybody. By the way, just like everybody looks bad. I want to be fair to Bill Belichick. Everybody in our industry on Twitter looked just terrible because everybody was so high and then so low and then so high again. So how badly managed was this? Is my first question to you. I don't. So I wouldn't say that it was managed that badly. I think the results were pretty bad, and the decision or the lack of decision post game seems weird to me. So they weren't prepared for this game, and I don't think no. you can blame either quarterback for that. Both quarterbacks played pretty poorly. Bailey Zappi's numbers look better in part because Devonte Parker made an incredible catch, and yes. Jacoby Myers. <laughs> kind of rescued uh, the Zap Man's bad pass and dove into the end zone. Um, but I think the interesting question here is like, what's the decision going forward? And mm -hmm. Bill Belichick kind of saying that he's going to like do a two quarterback system. And that was a bit of the justification I was hearing for why uh, Mac Jones got pulled. It's like, yes, no, he got pulled because he was stanking. Don't lie to us, Bill. So Don't he did. He did us. try to. If you believe that that's a lie, he lied flagrantly. He oh. said that the reason Mac Jones didn't come back in, by the way, was because the game was out of reach. I believe it was like a nine point game in the third quarter. He said that injury was part of the reason that informed why Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi were both going to get time. But then he said that injury was not the reason why Bailey Zappi went in. It's all very I'm muddled. sorry, Pablo. Can I get what? a timeout what? here? Okay. So he all, was suggesting. I, I just need I need you to help me understand this because maybe you're smarter than me, or maybe you. I am wearing glasses eyes. today for the podcast <laughs> audience. Yes. Maybe your fresh eyes will help me understand this. Okay, you have a quarterback who's hurt, but can start the game. But your intentions are that he's not going to finish the game because he's injured. So he's too. I've just never heard in my life, like, hey, our guy's healthy enough to start this game, but we don't expect him to finish it. What the hell is that? Well, like, it's a lie. I'm realizing. Let's be honest. I'm realizing what it is. Let's be honest. Go ahead. There's definitely there's there's definitely lying. I think a theme of today's show will be people lying to us. <laughs> yeah. But I also believe that this is also a case of something we can relate to on this show, which What's is that? Bill Belichick wants to have every possible take. <laughs> he's trying to cover he's all the He's protecting himself. He's yes, covering all like the he's hurt, turf. but he's not. I, like, no. It wasn't really my call, but it was my call. Like Bailey Zappi's good, but he's also clearly not good enough to now give him the job, even though that was that was the way this was all trending as people watch those two like circus catches justify, I guess, Bailey Zappi's existence. Yeah, all right. So it's fine that Bill Belichick is going to lie to us. We know that. But I, I'm confused at why other people are repeating these lies as if they're true. And it seems like they're believing him. Like what actually, to me, which seemed like yes, it's happening. what happened? To me, it, I believe that Mac Jones is healthy enough to play. They want Mac Jones to be the starter, but they also think that Bailey Zappi could be good. So they came into this game with the intentions of giving Mac Jones an opportunity to win. And if it messes up, we'll put Bailey Zappi in. They 
floated in the media, like, oh, we were two quarterbacks so that they do not create any more drama around this. But then Bailey threw some touchdowns. They left him in there. We'll see what happens going forward. But I don't understand. I mean, I guess the next question here is, who should the quarterback be for them well, long term? Well, I have, I have a sub-question, I think, Ooh, before we get there. Sub-questions. Because the idea, there's this question of can you ever – have a true two quarterback system right we saw the Niners try to do this or talk about trying to do this last season this was the Garoppolo and Trey Lance thing that was abandoned promptly Mm -hmm. um now like what you're what you're implying is that maybe this story isn't even a good showcase for that experiment because what Bill Belichick is doing is not deliberately playing two quarterbacks who complement each other like Kyle Shanahan dreamed of doing he's actually trying to figure out whether he has a good quarterback at all, live, midseason, which feels like a like this is not the referendum that the two quarterback system should want if you if you're part of that political party. Yeah, the the two quarterback system. I mean, we all know the cliche: if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Um, I don't know if I buy into it that much, but I get the point. It's like if you have uh, two quarterbacks whose um, styles complement each other, then you're telegraphing to the defense kind of what you're doing so like you bring in the athlete quarterback then we're like all right we know what time it is so like i could understand why people would be against that but bringing in two quarterbacks who do the same thing and almost actually do literally look alike and i'm not just (laughs) being racist like no even white people think they look alike show it up show it on the screen show it on the screen make us unracist thank you this (laughs) proves our lack of racism put a banner that says not racist over the two photos of these two guys over Uh, our faces thank you so like yeah to me I really don't get the point of that because there is nothing like too distinguishable about either their styles. So yes. like you figure out which one is better and that's the one you go with or not even which one is better, which one you think gives you the better future or has the higher, higher ceiling, which is why I would go with Bailey Zappi at this point is like, Ooh, okay, here we I, are. I, I think I know, like I have a general idea where Mac Jones is going to be and I don't know how good Bailey Zappi can <laughs> <Wait>. be. <laughs> This is this is truly an indictment of Mac Jones, is what I'm getting from you. I don't, I don't it mean is, it. I don't mean it as an no, indictment of Mac Jones. You're, think. you're, 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 no. This is, this is what, what is it? This is, uh, what's the thing where like their prizes behind doors? Um, is it prices? No, not prices, right? What's the thing behind door number one? Whatever the hell that game show is. Oh. God, I wish I was older. It's the one in the in the costumes. That's right. That um, Wayne Brady yeah. is the host. Yeah. Is that the one? That's the one they brought it back. It's let's make a deal. Who's, it's called let's make a deal. Whose quarterback is it anyway? Oh no, right. Let's make oh, a deal okay. is the right one. Um, no, exactly. You're just choosing door number two. Right. Whatever the right. hell's behind door number two, you're taking the you're taking the chip. Well, that's not completely fair because Bailey Zappi has, I don't know, it's maybe it's door number two if I can like hear the music playing behind door number two. I don't know exactly what it is, but it sounds oh. kind of like a party because oh, wait, we've so this seen is, a little bit of, yes. of of Bailey Zappi, or it's like the silhouette of something. You're like, this I don't the know game what show. it is. Yes, this is the game show where like the contestant is trying to find a, a, a date, and you get oh, clues. Yeah. You that's get it. clues. That's it. That's it. That's it. So Bailey's giving us a couple weeks worth of clues. We know what Mac Jones is ceiling is maybe and i could be completely wrong about that but it feels like mac jones was being very well protected last season and then he came out this year and has done the things that the whole reason why he was their like special number one boy was because he doesn't turn the ball over bill belichick loves a guy who doesn't turn the ball over he's throwing red zone interceptions so 
why not give give the zap man a chance lean in on the zap master and see what happens god um alabaster oh we don't need like a guy oh that's right we don't need him so what do you wait okay so right now we're currently nominating we're currently nominating the zap master (laughs) that's who we're sending to the primary for the record okay Uh, oh yeah i guess we have to wait for alabaster's check Oh, yes, we is. got the check. All right. Final the thing the thing uh, that I care about is quarterbacks because we all love quarterbacks and we care about them so much. And so <laughs> in, in recent f- football history, we've seen the last two Super Bowls be won by like quarterback trades that were not fails, were successful with Tom Brady and Matt Stafford. And so, you know, they say it's a copycat league. And so we got Carson Wentz, we got Matt Ryan, we got Russell Wilson, we got, I refuse to include Baker Mayfield. Baker, you're not going, no. oh, wow. I, I refuse to. And they all have sucked. One is hurt-ish, I think. Matt Ryan got benched uh, for Sam Ellinger. Uh, yep. Baker Mayfield, if you make me discuss him, he's also been benched because he hasn't played well. Um, Carson Wentz, his team won without him. Good win yes. with old Heine man. So, I mean, I, I find it inter- interesting because quarterback away is something that we like to say about lots of teams that we think are pretty good but can't get it right at quarterback. Oh, wait, but- wait, wait, wait. Let, let, me, let me stop you there for a brief second. You're saying that's not actually like a fair assessment of, of the level of importance of a quarterback? No, 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 no. I think it's, I think it's um, a fair assessment of the level of a quarterback, but it's a weird thing to say to say like – you're an engine away from being a car, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's a thing that, like, we all accept that the quarterback is the most consequential position in football. And then people say things like, man, if they could just get that quarterback right, it'll be okay. And to me, it feels very much like saying, man, this car sure would run nice if we could just find an engine. So wait, so let's 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 continue to torture this metaphor because what you're suggesting then by implication is that these teams, the reason there are failures at quarterback in all of those cases that we're studying is because they don't have the wheels, they don't have the windshield, they don't have the frame of the car. Is that is that the problem here? Simply? No, 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 no. I think the problem is the assumption is that these engines can work anywhere and work in any car and work in any situation if we're going to stick with the analogy and so, the assumption wait, so is also that these engines have miles still left <laughs> so if some of these engines all right have this is what we're gonna do match. what i want to know is whether we're learning something about the way football works or whether we're just seeing a bunch of things come together incidentally so i think I've never been asked this question before, and I haven't thought about it deeply until this very moment. Moment, and I think you I might have you might have set me up for a new take that I might trot out on TV Ooh. tomorrow and carry around with me and act like I just I love it on myself. I we love a soft more. launch, private yeah. <laughs> soft launch. Okay, all right, here we go. What do you think about this? That the key to the quarterback transition is the offense that they're going into, which also speaks to the level of sophistication of the quarterback or the quarterback or the um, offensive coordinator or head coach or the offensive scheme that they're going to. So like, if you think of the guys who've done this successfully, you think of somebody like Peyton Manning, who like was from his second year on was his own offensive coordinator. So he could port his offense all the way over something that he's comfortable in. Um, You think about Tom Brady also, I mean, a hundred year old offensive guy who knows what he wants and knows how it works, comes over. Matt Stafford goes to um, McVay, 
offensive guy, offensive guru type of guy. We're going to make this work. And you think of like Russell Wilson, it's not the same. Like you think of the success that Russell Wilson had, it was always in spite of the offense that he was in. Like people would say, well, this offense right. isn't built well for Russell, but if they would just let Russell cook and then Russell's like, yeah, you're right. I need my own kitchen. I'm a head chef. Then he went over there and he tried to cook it up. It didn't work. The same thing for Matt Ryan. You think of Matt Ryan as the MVP? Yeah, you know who his offensive coordinator was? Kyle damn Shanahan. Yeah. Move him over into this Frank Reich uh, situation and it doesn't quite work out. Again, I refuse to discuss Baker Mayfield or Carson Wentz <laughs> in, the same, in the same thing. Like Because Carson Wentz was done at his last stop. The owner of the Baker, team said, Baker. said you, you must leave. Get That's out. correct. But I want to validate your take because I do right. believe, right, like what you're saying is that if you're relying on a quarterback to sort of work together in their first year with someone who does not have a vision, and therefore you're trying to collaborate your way to an offensive philosophy, that is a terrible idea. Yep. You need to have some actual vision about what you're doing offensively. Otherwise, the whole like, hey, let's just a speed date thing. That is that is that is a car crash waiting to happen. Nailed it. Got my check already. Lanny right. Jackson. Well, actually, so okay. as you know, my cut my cat, my son named our cat Lamar. And so when I see Lamar, I think Lammy, because that's like the cat's nickname. So I'm glad feel... I'm glad Lammy isn't around to hear this conversation. Oh I'm glad that you're in the seaport and not at home for the podcast audience because I think you're gonna say some I would like you to tell me what the hell is really happening here, Dominique, because the story here, just to frame it up, right? For everybody who's been hibernating, is that the Baltimore Ravens did not agree to terms with Lamar Jackson before the season. He is playing on a basically prove it kind of last year of his contract sort of a deal. And he is not proving it. He's not proving it to the extent that right now, the question has now emerged. Did the Baltimore Ravens actually play this correctly? Are they gonna get a discount on Lamar? Because they don't think they're gonna let him go. It's not like it's that situation. But the question now is, are they going to get a discount because Lamar has struggled so badly in ways that we can detail now that Lammy is in the other room? The question did not emerge. You asked it. It does not have to. <laughs> it does not have to emerge. It does not have to be something that we give credence to because I will fully admit that Lamar Jackson has not played well in recent weeks. But I don't think it dramatically shifts the like the leverage in the negotiations. Because it's like negotiations is often about like what your best alternative is to like a negotiated agreement. And so for the Ravens, their alternative is sign it to a long-term deal or franchise tag them, do it again, or let them go. The alternative for Lamar Jackson is the same thing. It's like, I'll take this franchise deal or I'll, I guess, become a true free agent. So, like, if we play this out to its um, true consequence, like, we want to play up how important it is right now, but it's not that important. Because let's say mm. this – this. Uh, so, the idea you call it a prove-it deal, like, I understand the concept, but no, he's proving it. So, like, he's not in, a, like, a one-year prove-it deal situation. This is kind of like a bet on yourself, I think, is the more apt description of this season. Mm. But he – I think it's possible that if he plays poorly for this whole season, it's possible that the Ravens are like, all right, well, maybe we don't want to give him a long-term deal, but they're not going to bench him or let him walk away. So, like, right. that's why I think that we're making a big deal out of this bad stretch, but it's not actually going to have any, like, reasonable impact because if they weren't really willing to give him a fully guaranteed contract last year, they're not going to be this year, no matter how well he plays. You know, like, it seems like if it's a, like, that's true issue – 
and that they that they said like this is just something we don't do then that's not going to change and if lamar jackson wants one that's not going to change over the course of this season and so i guess i i just feel like we're going to end up in the same place because no matter how badly he plays it's not going to be bad enough for them to cut bait so we're gonna they're gonna franchise tag him franchise tag him if he doesn't agree and then he's going to become a true free agent and then he's going to get the fully guaranteed money from some damn body but but let's just be clear about what we now have more confidence in, which is the idea that this is going to be a franchise tag situation. And maybe you were on that before even the season began, but you're saying this is going to be that awkward dance where no one's going to be happy and it's going to be tense, but that's just going to be the sort of status quo. That's going to be the, the, the resting heart rate is going to be elevated. I mean, it feels that way unless something yeah, changes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Based on and I, and I don't think Dominique. there's, yeah, I don't think that there's, a, to to the point I was making earlier, I don't think that there's a level of play that Lamar Jackson can reach that's going to change this if they are a team that is adamantly, and they're a very disciplined team, the Ravens have been, and it's part of their success. If they're adamantly opposed and they were as upset about the um the Watson contract as they say that they were, and everyone in the league was disgusted with that Watson contract. There's no way that Steve Bashotti walks back into owners meetings in the future. Like, yeah, I hated that contract. We all hated it. We didn't want to perpetuate it. We didn't want to set that precedent or justify that precedent, but we had to do it. And that's that. And if Lamar is as adamant as he seems, nothing's going to change. So I want to make something clear to the podcast audience. Um, this is a me and Dominique time. Yeah, and Alabaster nice. feels like he has to do this, which is Enerjack. So why? Well, it's just something I want to push push you on a little bit more, Dominique. And that's because this is what Lamar wants is to reset the quarterback market. He made that very, very clear. And before, I think there was an argue, argument that could be made like, okay, he's more valuable than Deshaun Watson. He's valuable enough that he should be getting that fully guaranteed deal. But after the stretch of the last couple months, where he has not played like an elite QB like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, I think from a football perspective, you can say he is not worth that deal that he wants. Not that he's not worth a massive deal, but he's not worth the market resetting deal that Lamar Jackson is pushing for from the Ravens. And that's where I think some of our like fan eyes get in the way of like what actually happens in like a negotiation is explain, I, explain. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that they're in the con- like, especially when it comes to a franchise quarterback, the conversation and a quarterback at the level of Lamar Jackson. And I could be completely wrong, but I don't think the conversation is about ranking him against the other guys. It tends not to be the case for quarterbacks. It's like when a franchise quarterback becomes available, he gets the most money. <laughs> That's just kind of how it is. They You're telling the me Joe Flacco wasn't the best quarterback right. in the league. So I so that's my point is that's not going to change. He's still going to be their franchise quarterback and he's still going to be a free agent. So if this was like if you were getting paid from the NFL and the NFL like ranked all their quarterbacks and paid the quarterbacks based on how good they were, then yeah, this matters. But the problem is for the Ravens at least is they don't got nobody else. Like- <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have two thoughts that just occurred to me. Number one, it must be infuriating for Lamar Jackson to have watched Joe Flacco be the highest paid quarterback in the league, now that I think about this specific scenario. Number two, it would be unbelievable if instead of every team negotiating in that way, that it was up to us. 
Like it was democratic. It was that we had a giant panel of people who decided how much everybody got paid. Oh my gosh. I want to live in that just part of I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like the NBA with the all-star and and NBA awards voting impacts dramatically That's, impacts yeah, so, how much <laughs> players are being paid and everybody hates that. The media hates it, the players hate it, uh, the fans don't care. You know who doesn't hate it? You? Um the well, the BTS army who turns oh. out to be the most important voting block in this entire sports democratic system we've oh, been describing for so minutes hilarious that hundreds of millions of dollars in athletes pockets are decided by a TikTok gang i i mean now i mean for the bts army just know that i do not consider you just a TikTok gang i believe that you are an actual electorate and they should be respected as such and now i'm afraid please move on to the next topic bring on jacoby please uh. So I don't know why it is that Dominique is in Jacoby's room and Jacoby is where Dominique usually uh, wanders around. But for the podcast audience, you're missing out on a real switcheroo here, which is kind of throwing me for a loop. Oh, I'll tell you exactly why our our friend here, Mike Hawk, said, I was like, one of us in the conference room, one of us in the huddle room, which is my room. And I said, put him in the huddle room because he's on the show every day and I am just a guest. <laughs> Not true at all. Not true at all. That's exactly what I said. That is literally exactly what I said earlier today. So, Pablo, now you know why. And, Thank you. And now I know that um, Dominique doesn't believe me. I believe you. You're wow. a good friend. Basketball. Wow. A good friend and a second-class citizen, Alabaster. So let's get to the thing we summoned our second-class citizen friend to the show for. One of, one, of, one of the great parts is I actually included in the email, Dominique in the huddle room, Jacoby in the conference room. <laughs> but I digress to book the room. All right. The first, what are the chances we're going to start with, is about the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. And we heard from Adam Silver on Tuesday. And the question is, what are the chances Adam Silver is right? that he has greatly reduced the incentive to tank. Oh, God. So right now, the incentive to tank is like at 14%. Like, that's the maximum odds you can get for the number one overall pick, which is for all intents and purposes. And I guess it is every single intent and every single purpose. The French kid, right? Yeah. And this is not, that's not low enough. It's not low enough for a number of reasons. Like, one of them, guys, is that this draft beyond Victor Wembanyama is really good. But the second thing is, like, if you get a 40% chance to, I don't know, add a guy who's worth a billion dollars to the valuation of your franchise, you're probably going to take that roll of the dice. Just just being honest about the odds and the upside there. Well, I mean, greatly reduces an exaggeration, but I think he reduced it, uh, or the chances are 15%. That's about the amount that he's reduced it by changing the odds to, I mean, it, it's still... The incentive is still there. I don't know how he can argue or anyone could argue that it's been greatly reduced. If you look at the lead up to this season, <laughs> it seems quite obvious that there are a number of teams that are like, you know what about this season? Eh, I'm good on that. Give me as many draft picks as possible. And hopefully we can get the guy who can change the trajectory. And like, I, I mean, I get it. The logic behind it makes sense. I hate it as a fan and I'm sure they hate it as a business, but if it can guarantee you 10 to 15 years of competitiveness and relevancy, then it's it's worth it to throw away one season. But Jacoby, right? They hate it as a business, but they clearly don't hate it that much, right? Like well, the business consideration uh, here is is still netting out in favor of let's have a draft. It's There's a lot of different ways to approach this, but one of the ways that I answer the direct question, which is what Alabaster wants us to do, is say this, you have to remember Adam Silver is a lawyer. Like people that are actual lawyers never forget that about them because what this ends up being is 
a, a, a an analysis of the word greatly. Yeah. Yes, he has. He's clearly that's a binary that he has reduced incentives. That is binary. So it has what is greatly to you? What is greatly to me? Like so, he plays in this margin. So I have to say that the chances are probably seventy five percent, and it's all based on what you think the word greatly means. But I really do think that the reform of a few years ago has dramatically changed the way that teams approach quote-unquote tanking and it's also with the land draft reform and the plan have changed this all however those things haven't changed it as much as those two games that victor wambanyama played in las right. vegas we've all seen the youtube clips but it's like oh guess what we've got the greatest prospect you've ever seen since lebron and there's also a guy named scoot henderson who's awesome he's like zion like and and John Morant had a child. It's just like, so guess what? If you don't get the, the, the gigantic praying mantis with a step back three, you also have a domestic kid named Scoot who's who's probably going to be like a perennial all-star. So he's made – I think Adam Silver's a great commissioner. He's made a lot of steps towards reducing this. But when there is someone out there like Wimbanyama – I'm still tanking anyway. Yeah, I mean, no. man, throw out the draft is what it boils down to. Let's not right. Let's not have a draft. Or just have a, a just have a straight lottery. Just throw just a random what lottery. They- All thirty teams, <laughs> put them in there. Let's figure right, it out. All right. Oh no! I mean, if we're gonna do reform stuff, I, Zach Lowe spent like way too much time and effort thinking don't of this talk like, about wheel the wheel system. Don't talk the about wheel the wheel system. Oh, it's God. just like I was Stop like, whoa, it's so confusing. But well, I say this is every time someone like uh, uh, my former colleague and our friend Jay Kang wrote a simple tweet watching the Wimbanyama game. He's like, "How much would this guy get in a free market?" Exactly. And that's what you really what have to start looking at. If we're gonna take away the draft, just be like, you know what? Whoever's got the most money gets the best guys. But, but this is this is the thing, right? Just to be very naked about the incentives here and how great those incentives are. I love it when you get naked. Ooh. But but we should we should we should be as naked. We should get naked. We should be naked as our honesty as. The the owners are naked with their greed, right? Like this is what's happening. You can get a cost-controlled franchise player through a draft. You can protect yourself from having to get into a bidding war through a draft. You can protect yourself from being bad at your job through a draft. And yes, I am the process over results guy. I'm the guy who believes that tanking is an actually good strategy, but does not mean that I believe it is a a strategy that should actually have a system to take advantage of. I believe the rules should be changed. The problem is that it's a really good deal, Dominique. Why are you why are you messing up your face like that when I'm making I mean, good points? I don't know. No, your points are fine. It just I started thinking of analogies for you, and it just feels like the guy, I guess it's Bill Gates, who's like, I'm not gonna pay any more taxes than I have to, but we should reform the tax code. Like, I mean, <laughs> you are obviously in favor. I, I get it. Like if the incentives are there to do this and it's gonna keep happening this way. I don't know that we are teaching anybody anything by talking about how the incentives are there or no, you're never going to fix it when there's a talent that this that's this good. But I mean, I think it's like we all accept that the draft is something that's been around and we accept it in all sports. And we also know that it's like anti-capitalism. It's like anti-everything that we say that we stand for. I hate it. Free market. Let's. I mean, I, I think the free agency signing, like you could still have a show. You can still like, surprise people. You could have you could 30 like, different shows. Yeah, you're like, hey, this is the number one pick. Victor went for more than the guy went last year. And then the Whoa. number two, like, it, it, to me, it feels like, or not even number one pick. It's just like the top money no, Jacoby, Jacoby, you know how to sell uh, this you to guys. you. Jacoby, every, every signing is a rose ceremony. 
You're telling me you wouldn't like that? You, David Jacoby, would not like that specific conceit? Well, first of all, that is unfair and manipulative, and, and just don't do not do that to me. And I'm no longer watching the Bachelor franchise. I'm much more into Love is Blind. But let's move on to something else. The fact that people like Dominique, I'm going to challenge you on this, Dominique, like the draft is broken, tanking doesn't work, we need to fix it. But it's one of those things where it's like, cool, 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 cool. It's like when an all-star gets snubbed, it's like, well, what's your solution then? Because free market doesn't work because you have the teams that are willing to go on the tax, the teams that are willing to spend, and the teams that are not. And then you create a system where there's like, you know, it's going to be even more broken than it is now if it was truly a free market Whoa. that wasn't controlled in some way, like a like a like a like a like a, a fantasy football. You only get a hundred dollars to spend, sort of a thing is controlled. Okay, because well, with the current the current like salary structures, it does not work in a free market thing. Agreed. Throw that out too. So, like, I, I mean, <laughs> we, we can we can um, rejigger the current system, or we can start over from ground zero. And I think that starting over from ground zero would be much more effective way to build a healthy system. And I think we don't know what the outcome would be. Like, we didn't know all the outcomes of having the draft until, like, the league continued to develop and things change and you have a draft. Like, we don't know. Try it. Continue to do this and then complaining all year long about tanking, to me, feels a lot dumber than trying something new. That's all. But I don't think tanking is that bad. Like I, th- I you know what? Yeah, change mine to well, hundred. Change mine to hundred percent. Change to hundred percent because he has greatly reduced the incentives to tank. No. If you look at the Pelicans last year, the Pelicans won like thirty-seven games or something, and they ended up, you know, taking the the Suns to the seventh game in the first round. Like the difference between the Pelicans and the Magic in terms of like their record and like how good they are at the sport of basketball is closer than you think. And it's much closer than a team that was the eighth seed in the previous system and the worst team in the league in, in the, in the previous system as well. 0% is my number. Like, let's just go with the results over the process in this case, right? Like we are, I mean, guys, not only has this not yet worked and maybe you can convince me over time when I see a decrease in the teams trying to tank, but the Oklahoma city thunder, right? Like are in the midst of a long-term tanking campaign that should be talked about in all of the ways that the religion I've been preaching about Alabaster has been vilified. And yet there they are just doing it again. Yeah, so this actually leads to a quick follow-up that can be a button on this one. It's another what are the chances. And that's what are the chances Adam Silver is taking a victory on lap on this way too soon? Because we might feel very differently in March when everyone is sitting out their players to get Victor. What, what he should be doing, actually, if we can be Adam Silver, an attorney's attorney, what we should be telling him to do is you should be celebrating. You should actually be um, willfully distorting reality to pretend like the Jazz are always going to be this competitive. Like, you should point to the fact that the Spurs are competitive. The Jazz are competitive. None of the bad teams so far through three or four games are actually that bad. I'd rather him just lie in that way as opposed to trying to fool us into thinking that systemic change has happened. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Can I, I just want to I want to plan a take flag. I have my eye out for the first Victor Wembanyama dissenters. You know what I mean? Like, I can't wait till we get like the first like. Guess what? Actually, not that good it, with the ball on the floor. Slow first step. Can't get around this guy. I can't wait till that wave of Victor Wembanyama criticism comes in, and I'm just gonna soak it all up. I cannot wait. <laughs> it could be you. I, I think I thought you were gonna point the take. Uh, even I. Even I. No. <laughs> even still, I can't do it. I'm still stuck on Dominique calling me Bill Gates in in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> that has cut me to my core. It honestly. wasn't a bad way. It was a good way. Look, 
You want me to not take advantage of these loopholes? That's what I said. Stop putting the loopholes in. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're so. And all of my and all of my friends are definitely not people who need to be investigated in any sort of way. (laughs) Yes, that's a bad turn. Give us something, Alabama. All right, let's move on to the next one. I know. I know you've injected Dominique with a microchip of your takes. Um, And this one (laughs) is is a Pablo take through and through. But I'm actually curious about it. So through three games with the Nets, Ben Simmons has fouled out twice. He got baited into it last night by John Morant. My question for you all is, what are the chances Ben Simmons' fouling problem is a big deal? So, Jacoby, this is, I guess, our mutual account. And it's been tough, man. No, no, no. It's Jacoby's account. Jacoby's account. You listen. Don't are... let him. Don't let him divide us. Don't let him divide us. Pablo. Don't <laughs> let him divide solidarity us. Solidarity in these times. Don't let him divide in us. In these times, we need solidarity. I think Alabaster did hit to the heart of what I was going to argue, which is that he never should have fouled out in this game. Like that was a oh. bullshit foul call. That oh, oh! A... It, it gets. Do you see what Josh said about it? No, they it showed was video. Brilliant. It was brilliant of Ja to bait him into the call, and he is like a genius in ways that clearly people do not but, respect. You no, know, he said he, in, in his rookie year, Ben Simmons, he had the ball on his left hip. Ben Simmons stole it from him and dunked, and he said in the postgame that he remembered that, so he baited Ben Simmons by putting the ball on the left side of his hip. Ben Simmons reached, and then he got the thing. Like That was celebrating John Moran. Video. And I see no problems with Ben Simmons whatsoever. Perfect basketball player. Perfect basketball player. Um, I would trade. I would trade Wimber, Wick, Victor Wimbenyama for Ben Simmons right now. <laughs> All right, you're in too deep. Okay, so if we're doing that, then I'm going the entire other way, 100. Like if <laughs> if your if your whole thing is I'm great at defense, I'm gonna need you to be great at defense without fouling out. So yes, like we don't want you to score. We don't want you to run the offense. We don't. We I mean, occasionally dunk it sometimes or just don't hold on to it too long. But what we really want you to do is play lockdown defense in clutch situations. Don't get six of them before we get to the clutch, please. 100, 100%. How dare you, Dominique, turn your back on a fellow defensive player? Oh, oh, this I should love all, this. This should be all about the flags being thrown in his direction. Because why? Because he wants it more. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought we wanted guys to want it more. He clearly wants it so bad that other people want him to want it less. <laughs> what is going on? Oh, Pablo. Just oh, don't Pablo. foul. That was brilliant. Just don't foul. That was absolutely brilliant. Aggression? So, you want to tell him to have less dog in him? I don't think that's possible. Sorry. Oh, Alabaster what? No, guys, I, I actually want to – I think – just like the nakedness of the last topic, we should actually talk about Ben Simmons of, as a basketball player because he has been incredibly disappointing through three games this year. And I know some of that is rust, but he's been turning over the ball a lot, fouling a lot, and these statistics are staggering. The Nets offense is 29 points wor- per 100 possessions worse with him on the floor on offense and 14 points worse with him on the floor on defense. He is like a tentative and different player than we saw before his time off. And I'm wondering how worrisome is this? Just a three-game thing where it's just rust? Or are you guys seeing a different basketball player than we saw before the layoff? Before you, you guys, hold on, before you guys make this. your arguments, do not use rust as an excuse. That's not Why a the excuse. hell not? Why oh, the hell on, not? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, everyone. 
we, we, we celebrated Clay Thompson coming back and going like two for eight from the field. And we could, Kawhi Leonard is playing like four minutes of basketball game and no one doubts him whatsoever. Jamal Murray, no one's even said his name. The, like the, the, he has not played basketball for 18 months. And then Dominique tries to get in front of the take train and be like, oh, by the way, before you guys discuss this. Don't eat my only, yeah, Do yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, don't yuck my yum, Dominique, as my kids would say. Like, it is rust. That is why. He hasn't played basketball in this long. And to answer your question, oh, no. No, wait, no, this is Steve Nash agreeing with us, which is now I don't know if that's good or bad for us wait, right now. now I don't know if that's good or bad for us. It's increasingly worrisome. Oh, Lord. Yeah. I, this is rust. Now, Dominique, you tell me why we can't say it's rust. Oh, because, all right, you're saying it's 18 months. All right. So the offseason happened. Nobody played basketball in the offseason. They all had the same he had, training. He had back camp. surgery. He had a back surgery. Okay, but are we pretending like his him his absence last year was all because of the back injury, or we're not going to be okay? We're doing that. It's, all right. If that's more, no, no. mental health isn't important to you, dummy. Yes, I guess mental health isn't important to you. All my, of a sudden, all my right. Point okay. Is that it was not the back injury that was holding him out. So, like pointing to the back injury as an issue now to me feels disingenuous. And also now it was yeah, a lot of things. He went to he went through training camp just like everybody else went through training camp. So like he got as much basketball in the last several months as everyone else got. And go out there and play. All right, you ain't been on the floor in a minute. Maybe you're nervous for the first game. Oh, maybe you got a little rust on you in the second game. Third game, can we see something? Could you not foul? But out? this is, but this is, Fourth this is game, why maybe? it's weird. Okay, let, so let, let when, me. Let, when is how long does it take to get rust off? That's what I want to know. Give so, me a lot. So, give but, me a mark when I can be when I can be honest about my Christmas. criticism about Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. That's, that's right, so we got Santa it. takes the rust away. <laughs> October, yes. November, and most of December. Yeah. There we go. All right. Can I? Yes. Can I? I, yes. I do. I do want to be also honest though about what does worry me about this. What worries me about this is that as much as I want to um, sign up for the rust case, as as obviously the explanation as to why it is weird. Okay, it is weird because he is over aggressive. He is overly enthusiastic like i understand that russ is and defense is about very delicately calibrating aggression and and decision making right i understand that but it is strange that this is happening because this has not been a problem for him even after he's missed games before and so i am confused i admit that i'm confused as to what's happening also the names that you named jacoby how dare you put ben simmons in the conversation with these guys like the, the expectation. So like rust. All right. My shot is rusty. Your, your shuffle shouldn't be rusty. Yeah. You're right. Uh, high hands shouldn't be rusty. <laughs> For the podcast audience, yeah. Dominique is like, trying to swivel his hips. And he said his rust chair. when he meant clay, but sure. Huh? No, I said rusty. Rusty. But anyway, oh, rust, those, uh, those rust. things. If like, only rust was uh, rusty. Yeah. I, I yeah, could yeah. understand if the, like the precision parts of your game are a little rusty. However, we're just like raw athleticism and basketball intelligence. Those don't go away. Like uh, how come he can't stay in front of people without fouling is a huge concern because that was the question. That was the real question. It's like, how concerning is it that he's fouling? That's a huge concern to me. If it, the it, whole it, it, premise of his value to this team is he's a defensive stalwart. Yes, you should be concerned. Lie to yourself if you want to. It is, it is, Alabaster, I will say this. I believe that small sample size is absolutely right. I believe that he will get over this. 
I do think it is concerning that we have a new concern. I will admit that. <laughs> that that's right. Nick. I will admit nothing. I will give. I will give up nothing. We'll, I'm not concerned whatsoever. <laughs> foul, foul. You can't play good defense without fouling from time to time. Well, you're gonna this to is a great indicator. It's a great indicator for his future success. Okay. Well, the thing that I didn't think was a great indicator for his future success was that game against Memphis was the role that we wanted for Simmons all along, which was Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving each scoring 37 points and him supposedly filling in the gaps and doing the extra stuff and turn up, being a turnover machine and being tentative on, on offense to me is just as concerning as the defensive stuff. And I actually am sort of surprised that he is not the same basketball player he was before because that's what I expected to see in this situation. You know what I see here, actually? Jacoby, I'm back with you. You know what I see here? I see great odds. I would like to buy all of the stock at this lowered price, actually. Oh, me too. Buy the dip. I mean, buy the dip. And also, Alabaster, you'll admit he's a machine, okay? So you called him a machine. Sounds good to me. You know, he's a machine. And he has an absolute robot out there. Guess what happens to machines sometimes? Guess what happens? They have mental health issues? (laughs) <laughs> no, that's not what rust. machines do. I'm sorry. Rust, rust, rust. Is what My bad. I'm not rust. that smart. I played football in college. Although it does propose a new wrinkle in the AI problem. Now that I think about it. Oh God, that was a depressing <laughs> one, guys. Speaking of which, oh. uh, you know what? This is Alabaster because he knows. He's like, oh, we have Jacoby and Pablo on. Let me just see what Ben Simmons did last night. This is going to be a theme this whole entire season. And guess what? Uh, Who's going to win? Uh, We're going to win because Santa Claus is bringing us a new Ben Simmons. For first. <laughs> the problem, reason why you're not going to win, is because you know who makes the menus? Alabaster. If Ben Simmons started playing well. At some point, we gotta replace the salt and pepper shakers. Yeah, I agree. It's just, it's just like what, what, (laughs) what what restaurant features the salt and pepper? (laughs) It's a real bad restaurant. If you're like, hey, check out our salt and pepper and pepper because our food is so bad. It's the the only thing you can count on. The letters that gets it for me. The S and the P. I mean, we can this right now. You're right. This is a price fix menu. There's not that much optionality for you on this, so we can't update the script to make it a little bit a little bit fancier. But I have one more question for you, and it actually involves the finest restaurant in the land, which is Popeyes. Mm. Um, and my mm. question is, what are the chances Carl Anthony Towns should be scolding Anthony Edwards about his diet? And we have two clips for you to listen to. Ant was just telling us that he puts a lot of this on him, and he's got to be better in back to backs. That he has not done that so far. Can you help him through that, or just is that a young player trying to figure out what to do in this league and how to how to answer the bell two nights in a row? I mean, like I, you know, I, I, maybe I could do a better job of teaching him how to take care of his body, you know, diet and everything. So that'll be on me. Um, I know y'all think it's funny up here when he talks about Popeyes and all that. Shit. You know that that doesn't that doesn't make me happy to hear. You know, we're high level athletes, so. So before we bite into that, First what's of all, the other that... video? Oh, okay. What you had? I had plus 30. Plus 30? I'm going to tell the media, hold on, hold on. Yo, yo, oh, and got 30. Yo, and got 30. Yo, Popeye's on me, bro. Yo, get you them fries, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so that was from last year. I didn't know that video existed until just now. I mean, first of all, that sweater probably cost two thousand dollars. I don't know who made it, where it came from, but I was like, high, high thread count. I, I was like, man, yeah. that was... thick, thick sweater. Yeah, <laughs> Minnesota winter's already kicked in. And I, 
Carl Anthony Towns gives me a little Russell Wilson vibes a little bit, where it feels like he's trying to like perform for us, perform leader guy. When it's like, just be you, bro. And it just, it, it never comes across to me as genuine. And maybe I'm wrong. Jacoby, you know basketball much better than I do. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But, like, that's what, like, rubbed me the wrong way about that more than anything was, like, maybe I can take this on myself to teach him how to take yeah, care what of his do you, body. What do, you, what, but, what do you mean? What do you yeah. mean there's a difference between yeah. those two videos? What do you mean, Dominique? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just it feels weird to me. And also, like, that tends to not be something that you want to put out there. It's like, I'm going to take him on our wing and teach him how to take care of his body, which suggests that he's not taking care of his body. You know, just just give us a like benign quote like yeah he's a professional he's gonna get better young guy he'll figure it out if he needs my help he'll ask me and then you can go tell him don't eat Popeyes and also you can stop buying him Popeyes. The I mean I'm I'm trying to be nice to Carl Three Towns here right um, I don't know how much his sweater cost I don't know him personally but he wasn't asked what do you think about Anthony Edwards diet right. You know what I mean? Yes. So he like pulled up the manila folder and was like, ooh, what's going to make me look good here? Oh, I'm going to get on him about his diet. But I want to pull Mr. Towns aside and tell him something. No one gives a shit about their diet until they're 25, okay? Like, until you're at least 25, 30. It's like, do you know why why Tom Brady is on the TV 12? Because he's he's 75 years old. You know why Chris Paul is plant-based? Because he's 40. Like, this Steve Nash, oh, he famously started scalding his teammates about their diets at dinners. You know what Steve Nash was? 37 years old. Anthony Edwards, I didn't look it up. I'm guessing he's... 20 maybe 21 guess what in 2021 you can eat Popeyes for breakfast lunch and dinner if you dunk all over the other team and score 30 points so my thing with Carl Anthony Towns is he invited the diet into this conversation when it wasn't part of the question and that was his only sort of thing he could come up with as to why Anthony Edwards hasn't looked good on back-to-backs it just seemed it, it fell a little flat to me as it did Dominique and I'm, tr- I'm trying to be nice well, to Mr. Towns here but it did come off as performative right. like this is what this is how it's like your super ego like this is what I'm supposed to say and how I'm yes. supposed to act as a veteran leader but does it come across as how he really feels no he jumped past and I know a jump past <laughs> when I see it he jumped past his way into the into bad political theater uh, and this is the problem I mean if you're going to be theatrical and artificial about trying to be a good leader hopefully you're good at it yeah. He's not good at it. I'm sure there are lots I mean, of them, lots of athletes who are good at it, and we don't know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? We're just like, exactly. hey, exactly. And I would even argue it's not that hard. I would argue yeah. it's not that hard, Dominique. To fool us, you to fool us, to fool the fans, to seem like a guy who, again, only cares about wanting it more. In this case, you know, what are the chances he should be scolding Anthony Edwards about his diet? I mean, zero yeah, percent. Why? Sure. Because no one listened to this and was like, "That is a good teammate." They thought that is a bad teammate. And that's the only standard by which bad political theater should be judged. I'll go with zero also, but in Carl Anthony Towns' defense, I would say that the the second kind of gotcha clip that we showed, like that could just be like joking. Like it's clear that that, that Anthony Edwards is like known for his Popeyes. He's like, you scored 30 today. Oh, I'm going to even buy you Popeyes today, even though I tell you every day to not eat Popeyes. So like in his defense, that – is what that that's how you could explain that away however the rest of the stuff is like no just just keep it to yourself i have a a confession to make us confession i've only had chick-fil-a once and i've only had popeyes twice wow my entire life ever 
Uh, Ever. How long have you lived in New York City? Very long time. Yeah. Since 96. They got a they got a Chick-fil-A down here now. By the seaport. I know. The line, right line is very there. long. The line is very long. That's line offensive very to long. me. Because, like, I understand Chick-fil-A uh, is yeah. delicious. There's a Popeye's. They open a Popeye's across the street. And I'm, I'm good. I mean, I understand I, that it's delicious. But... It's really delicious when you're driving around in the suburbs and you're like going past a Target. You in New York City? Why are you standing online for some damn Thank Chick Fil A? Stop it! Thank you. Thank I you. I would never Thank eat Chick Fil A while I'm here, but if I'm like, I don't know, if I'm out in the stick somewhere, Chick Fil A me. That should have been Anthony Edwards' second jump pass. He should have jumped past into another jump pass. He should have begun to endorse another restaurant. <laughs> yes, he's like, you know what, Anthony? Anthony's like, Carly through Town's my leader. He's such a great voice, and I always look to him for inspiration. And he's right. I've stopped eating Popeyes. And instead, I'm eating Lil Caesars. <laughs> yep, only, only Taco Bell from here on out. Here, Shake Shack. Here, here we Shake go. Shake Shack is legitimately good. Yeah, no, it's not. It is not. No, no, no. Shake, back, Shake Shack used to be legitimately good. What? But now they're too big so and too many Shake of them. So you're Shake Shack hipster? Anymore. So they're not good, they're not good <laughs> because they're too many? Or do you think they like changed the recipe to make more money? I think that the, the quantity oh, has hurt the quality. The quantity has hurt the quality. Oh, Shake Shack, Shake Shack went mainstream. Yeah, yeah. Shake Shack, OG now. Shake Shack used to be good, exactly. But now, but now they're doing Lollapalooza, and they're like their font is like the biggest. You're a Shake Shack originalist.